Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of World History and Politics. Today I will be discussing the situation in France in view of the recent developments with the so-called Yellow Vests movement, and I will briefly lay it all out in a historical perspective. When Emmanuel Macron was first elected in France in 2017, it was a total shock to me. Instantly I thought, how could such a proud nation with such a great history and enormous contribution to our civilization elect Macron of all people as our president? Imagine that this is a man that is supposed to step into the shoes of some of his great predecessors such as Presidents Poincaré, de Gaulle, and Mitterrand. And I was deeply worried that Macron would be promoted as the next de facto leader of the European Union after Angela Merkel's recent fall from grace. Let's go back a year or two and analyze the presidential election in France. As you all may remember, François Fillon, the Republican candidate, was supposed to be elected president and he enjoyed very high popularity amongst voters. Under all normal circumstances, he would have easily won the election. The trouble is that he was hated by the globalist elites for his political views and agenda. And in the last few weeks of the presidential campaign, globalists came out with relentless accusations that Fallon had hired family members to work fictitious jobs on his campaign in the nepotic fashion. But we have to remember that Fillon was not the first candidate in the world to hire his own family members to work within his campaign. Mostly every politician is or has done the same thing. A list of those people include Chrétien, Zachary Taylor, President Grant, President Roosevelt, President Wilson, John Kennedy, Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Trump, as well as many others had had family members working within their campaigns. To accuse a candidate of nepotism is slightly hypocritical and truthfully irrelevant due to the prevalency of nepotism in politics. The election of Macron reminded me of Georges Clemenceau, who was the great French statesman during the First World War. When he was asked why he voted for one particular candidate, his reply was that you must always vote for the one that you believe is the least intelligent. Clemenceau did not explain his reasoning at the time, nor did he need to, because it is quite clear that such a person could be easily manipulated by the powers working behind the scenes. Let's take a closer look at Macron's background. In his former life, Macron was a banker at Rothschild Financial Empire, so it comes as no surprise that his interests are to promote a globalist agenda. The first thing Macron did when he took office was lower taxes for the rich for a total of 10 billion euros, pushing the taxation burden onto the middle class. It is stunning that Macron, within his very short term in office, managed to insult so many political leaders. For example, he compared Italy's populist government to leprosy, and he insulted President Trump during the 100-year anniversary of armistice in Paris. He claimed that the European Union needs its own army to defend itself against the United States. Apparently, Macron forgot that it was the United States that saved France from annihilation twice within the last 100 years, the first time in 1917 and the second time in 1944 when the Americans landed in Normandy. Macron also said that nationalism is the opposite of patriotism, which is ironic and doesn't make any sense because patriotism and nationalism are essentially the same thing, confined to a single nation. It is also ironic that Macron is such an anti-nationalist, especially when the greatness of France was built upon nationalism and France's history cannot be separated from it. The greatest French leaders were also fervent nationalists, and the proudest moments within the history of France were synonymous with nationalism. 
nationalism. The dominant political philosophy in France over the last several decades has been Gaullism, and every French person who is not a Gaullist can be harshly described as a traitor to the French cause, and we can easily conclude that Macron does not resemble a Gaullist. In another speech, Macron stated that the destiny of Europe is in Africa, and therefore Europe should promote open and unlimited migration from Africa regardless of the cost. But the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back were the additional taxes that he imposed on fuel. Today, the French people are the highest taxed people in the world, with taxes even higher than in Sweden. So it's not surprising that the level of dissatisfaction is spilling over, especially in view of such huge government wastes seen on every corner. We have to remember that the French people are famous revolutionaries and that in the history of France there were numerous revolutions that toppled the government. We all know about the famous French Revolution of 1789, but then after that was the July Revolution in 1830, the Revolution in 1848 called the Springtime of Nations, the Paris Commune Revolution of 1871, and the Student Revolt of 1968. Social movements, such as the Yellow Vests movement, are frequently very hard to contain, especially in the current situation where large numbers of security and police forces often sympathize with protesters. The movement has also expanded to the Blue Vests, which includes the police force in France, and we know from history that when the police and military forces join protesters, the fall of the government is frequently a foregone conclusion. All I can personally wish is that President Macron will be removed from office and that the French people will find enough wisdom to elect a better president who will not be a puppet for globalist elites, but who will have the best interests of the French people at heart. Thank you for listening to another episode of World History and Politics.